0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
1: and a very good saturday morning to marlins nation steven strom here marlins rewind the marlins beat the tigers six to five in this first game of three with detroit as always for the recap here's your radio voice of the miami
0: marlins kyle Seeloff. well never in doubt as they say Marlins pick up their 23rd one-run victory of the season here tonight. They continue to lead all of Major League Baseball in that department. Marlins get a terrific start from Braxton Garrett. They got some big-time offensive performances tonight from Luisa Arise, Brian De La Cruz, John Birdie with a couple of base knocks, and the Marlins go on to beat the Tigers by a final score of 6-5 to five in Game 1 of this three-game weekend series here tonight. With Gabby Sanchez, I'm Kyle Seeloff. You are listening to the 10th Inning Show. We've got all the highlights and plenty of post-game reaction from downstairs in the clubhouse coming your way over the course of the next few minutes. And Gabby, um, you know, let's start with Braxton Garrett. We can get our way to a shaky bullpen here tonight. In fact, every single Marlins reliever allowed at least a run here tonight. In fact, they all just allowed one. But we'll start Braxton Garrett. We've talked about it now for 104 games Starting pitching sets the tone. Braxton Garrett, six innings, no runs nothing earned I should say one run but not earned five hits one walk and six strikeouts tonight he was really good
2: he was really good and I think that for Braxton Garrett it was one of those situations where he knows that coming off of the all-star break it hasn't gone his way and it was one of those situations where he's been trying to figure out what pitches he can throw remember he had that blister and it still seems like it's there you might not say it's not but the pitch types are telling us that there's still something going on right so I liked that he was throwing more sinkers. He was using that curveball. That curveball had a lot more up and down to it today than I saw his last game. Last game, he was leaving it hanging a lot more. That slider had good sweeping action to it. So it's it's that thinking ahead of, okay, if this pitch is still not there, what can I do to be able to get out? He figured it out today, and I think that's going to be great for his psyche. And you're right. When that starting pitching is going, this team is tough to beat. They have a really good pitching so that was really nice to see then of course yeah let's go to the bullpen and you know unfortunately for for Tanner Scott you know it it looked like he was going to be able to get out of the inning and then all of a sudden kind of just stumbled there at first base and it was a what a mild calf strain or or what they were calling it um hopefully he's okay because they're going to need him he's one of these pitchers that are coming out of the bullpen that has been really good all season long. you know, Braselbon, he had a nice little game, too. I was surprised that they took him out. We talked right. about it. You know, went two-thirds of an innings. It's not like they were hitting him hard. The only hit he got was off Mayton, and it was a little squibbler down that third base line. Other than that, he struck out a guy. flew out. So that one was interesting. I don't think that they'll probably do that again next time because of how he was throwing the baseball. For Shagwell, it's always coming down to throwing strikes. When he is in the strike zone, he is Filthy. But when he is not able to find it, guys are able to keyhole him on one pitch, and that's when he gets in trouble. For Puck, I think it's psyche. I yeah. really do. I, I, and it's that closing mentality. I've seen closers in that same kind of position where it's going to take that one good game where he goes out there and just dominates to go, okay, I'm back and I'm feeling it. He is too nasty, in my opinion, to have any thoughts other than I'm nasty on the mound going through his head. I think that he's still trying to figure that out, being in that closing role. Um, But all in all, I mean, they were still able, after giving up the lead, tying that ball game up, you want to see that resiliency of this team. They came through again in that eighth inning to score two, give that insurance run after they had scored one. It's just the way that this team plays baseball. They're really good, especially seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. They showed it again today.
0: You know, the Marlins now 32-20 and 20 at home this season. Coming into the ball game tonight, their 608 home winning percentage was the fifth highest in the big leagues with the 31 wins coming into the night, marking the second most by a National League team behind only Atlanta, who had won 32. More on that game, Kevin, up shortly. You go back to last Saturday. Cueto went six innings, Marlins lost, but he gave them a chance to win. They should have won that game. They the should've. bullpen blew it. Lizardo seven innings, that's a win. On Tuesday, Cabrera two innings, that's a loss. On Wednesday, Alcantara, nine innings, that's a win. Tonight, Garrett, six innings, a quality start, it's a win. Pitching sets the tone, and the Marlins have been led by their starting pitching at times for a majority of the season. Now, the offense tonight, Luis Rise with three more hits. Let's see here. He bumps his average up four points tonight, so he's back hitting three eighty this season. But Brian De La Cruz is... Uh,
2: He was a spark plug tonight,
0: and he he actually he sent three thirteen at home coming into the night too, so he stayed scorching scorching hot at home.
2: And the other one too, John Birdie, getting the time to play, getting out there and swinging a really good bat, came up with the big hit there in the eighth inning as well to get to break the tie in that eighth inning. I I think he's a guy that's going to continue to play. They're going to find a spot for him, especially since his bat is so hot. But you look at Arise. Arise has three hits but doesn't score a run doesn't they you can't come across 2 for 10 with runners in scoring position those are those little bookboos that the team has whenever you get guys in scoring position it's not like every single time you're going to get them in but you got to do a better job especially with less than 2 to get that runner in from third there was opportunities today to really open up the game we couldn't do it so those are those little thought mentalities of okay what can we do to start changing that up they're doing a good job of swinging inside the zone they just have to do i think in my opinion a better job of those small little details of runner on first and second or first and third let's put the ball in play what's the situation telling us and what we need to do you know if they do that this is a tough team because they are getting hits they are they i mean on their what batting averages up their fifth in baseball fourth in baseball something in that range so they're doing what they need to do to get on. They just need to do a better job getting in. Okay, Gabby, if you had fun tonight, I would like to invite you to join me at 410 tomorrow afternoon. I did have fun, so
0: I'll be here. All right, good stuff. That's Gabby Sanchez and Kyle Seeloff. You're listening to the 10th inning show here on the Marlins Radio Network as we take a listen to all the highlights from tonight's ball game. First of three this weekend between the Tigers and the Marlins. Beautiful ceremony prior to the ball game to honor Miguel Cabrera in his twenty first and final season. In Major League Baseball, got himself some cigars, a humidor, a nice bottle of alcohol. It was all the works out there for Cabrera pregame. Now, the in-game festivities featured Reese Olsen, the rookie right-hander for the Detroit Tigers, and Braxton Garrett, veteran southpaw for Miami. Garrett got early run support, bottom of the first inning, leadoff single by Luisa Rice. He was erased on a fielder's choice by Jorge Soler, but Soler was at first base in the bottom of the first inning with one out for Brian De La Cruz. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Swung on and hit. High and deep. Left field. Veerling's back. Wall see ya. 2-0 Fish here in the first. Oh, baby, and that's what you have to do. The Marlins got a couple of runs in the first. They would carry that 2-0 lead into the bottom of the second inning. In the bottom of the second, John Birdie led it off with a double. And then after an E4 by Abanez. Sent birdie to third. Gene Segura came to the plate with runners on first and third base with nobody out. 19 runs knocked in. Segura batting 217 against righties, 219 against lefties. He's been steady. Next offering is a chopper hit towards third. It's rolling. It's a fair ball. (laughs) It hits the bag at third. Birdie scores from third. It's three, nothing Miami. Put the ball in
2: play. That's one of the things...
0: and the Marlins would only tack on to that three-nothing lead in the bottom of the third. Lair led off the third with a single. The next man that followed was De La Cruz. Reese Olsen out of the stretch, looks in towards De La Cruz. He comes set at the belt, and the pitch is lined down the left field line. That's a fair ball rolling into the corner for Brian De La Cruz. Lair hits the bag at third. He's going to get the way from Griffin Benedict. Here comes the throw towards the plate. A catch and a tag is not in time. It's an RBI double for Brian De La Cruz and the Marlins lead 4-0. Hey,
2: Kyle, how about that though?
0: So Braxton Garrett staked to a 4-0 lead tonight. Now the Tigers would get one back in the fourth with Javi Baez on third. Miguel Cabrera was at the plate. Stand the pitch is a line drive, shot to third. It's off the glove of Segura. It's rolling into shallow left. Birdie's on the move. Baez is going to try to score. Birdie's throw towards the plate is cut off by Joey Wendell. And the Tigers are on the board. Baez scores all the way from first base on that play. It got under the glove of Segura. So at that juncture, it was 4-1. to one. Both Braxton Garrett and Reese Olsen went six innings in this ball game tonight. For Garrett, six innings, one run not earned, five hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. For Reese Olsen, the rookie right-hander, just 23 years old, six innings, four runs, eight hits, no walks, and two strikeouts. It was 4-1 to going to the top of the seventh inning tonight. Waskar Brazoban into the ballgame for Miami. He allowed a one-out single, a two-out walk, and with two men on base and two outs in the top of the seventh inning, Spencer Torkelson came to the plate. Here's the 0-2 pitch, and that is a line drive into left field, and the base hit. Hitting the bag at third is Maton. He's going to score. It's a two-out RBI single for Spencer Torkelson, and now the deficit for the Tigers. It's just 2. It's 4-2 to two Miami here in the 7th. So exit Brazo Brazoban. Tanner Scott came into the game. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Scott was in on the RBI single. Scott then got Abanez to fly out to center field, and that ended the 7th inning. Marlins with a 4-2 to two lead. It would stay that way going to the top of the 8th. Tanner Scott remained in the ballgame for Miami. First man that he faced. Was Kerry Carpenter who flew out to left field for out number one? Javi Baez then singled. It was an infield single on the play. Tanner Scott was trying to get over and cover the bag at first base. Throw from Gurriel was there. Scott got a little bit twisted. He came up limp after he couldn't find the bag, and they're calling it a right calf strain for Tanner Scott. So he had to exit the ball game. JT Shagwah came in. He got a line out to center field off the bat of Miguel Cabrera. And then after he walked the pinch hitter, Zach McKinstry, the tying men were on base for the Tigers with two outs in the top of the eighth inning, and Nick Maton was at the plate. Three and two, the count, there go the runners. And the pitch is a line drive towards the gap. Right center field, it's a base knock for Maton. Extra bases. Two runs are going to score. The Tigers have tied it at four here in the eighth. So it was 4-4 going to the bottom of the eighth inning. Insert for the Tigers, Jason Foley. He allowed back-to-back singles to Jesus Sanchez and Yuli Gurriel. There were men at first and second with nobody out in the bottom of the eighth inning for John Birdie birdie batting fully looks in and the pitch is a ground ball hit
2: through the right side a base knock for john birdie hamson rounding third throw comes in towards the plate
0: a slide it's not in time wow it's a go-ahead rbi single for john birdie who stays scorching high and the marlins have
2: a five to four lead wow what an ab by john
0: And then with runners at first and third, with nobody out in the eighth inning, it was Joey Wendell's turn to get in on the fun. Marlins need some insurance now. They've got a 5-4 lead. Here's a swing and a fly ball in the air center field. Green is going back, shy of the warning track, makes the catch. Tagging from third and scoring is Yuli Gurriel. It's a sacrifice fly for Joey Wendell. The Marlins have a 6-4 lead. And now John Birdie is picked off of first. He got too far off the bag at first. The ball came back to the cutoff man, and a throw to Torkelson was on time. Birdies out at first. It's going to be a sacrifice double play when it's all said and done, but a run scores. It's 6-4 to four, Miami. An RBI to Joey Wendell. 6-4 to four, going to the ninth. In came A.J. Puck. He struck out Riley Green. He allowed a double to Spencer Torkelson, and then the batter at the plate was Andy M- Banez for the Tigers. Two and one, the count to Abanez. Torkelson's at second base, and the pitch is a line drive towards the gap. Right center field, going to get down for a base knock for Abanez. Torkelson hung up for a second. On his way to third, he'll get the wave home. It's an RBI single for Andy Abanez. Now it's a 6-5 to Marlins lead here in the ninth, and Abanez is at first with one out. And then you're thinking, oh, baby, here we go again. The next man to bat, for the Tigers in batting for the first time tonight was Eric Haas, the catcher who came into the ballgame to catch for Detroit in the eighth inning. He struck out swinging. With two outs and a man at first base, that's the tying run in the top of the ninth inning. The last hope for the Tigers tonight was the veteran shortstop. He's a hot shot. They call him El Mago and he loves the big moments. It was Javi Baez. The Tigers are down to their final strike here tonight. Cabrera's lingering on deck. Marlins lead 6-5 here in the top of the ninth inning. This crowd comes to its feet. Here's the one-two pitch from A.J. Puck. It's Wargot and missed strike three. The ball game is over. Puck bends a little bit, but he doesn't break here in the ninth. The Marlins have their 56th win of the season. They've won three of their last four. They take game one this weekend from the Tigers. They beat them six to five. Woo! <laughs> Well, a thriller at Lone Depot Park here tonight. Marlins do indeed hang on for a 6-5 win over the Tigers. Taking a look at the totals from this ballgame tonight for Detroit, five runs, 11 hits, an error, 10 men left on base. And for the Marlins, six runs, 12 hits, one error, five men left on base. JT Shagwa blows it in the eighth, but he gets the win when it's all said and done. Shagwa now 2-0 this season. Fully the loser, he's 2-3. Puck has now converted 16 of his 21 save opportunities this season. With the loss, the Tigers suffering another setback, now 40 And 58 this season. With the victory, the Marlins are eight games over, 500 at 56 and 48. Total time of game, two hours and 39 minutes in front of 15,918 inside the air conditioned comfort of Lone Depot Park here tonight. For the Marlins, 10 punch outs on the mound, and that means that $250 will be donated to Auto Nation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer. For every strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative.
1: Okay, Kyle, thank you. Let's head down a list of what Skip Schumacher had to say after the 6 5 victory over the Tigers.
3: Skip, you talked about Braxton before the start of the game and, and the importance of him being healthy. Just how much you feel like tonight he looked like his old self again.
4: Yeah, we needed that start out of Brax to see it. He needed that probably personally, too, after a few rough ones in a row. Um, he looked great. Um, got through six 94 pitches, I think it was. Um, if it wasn't for the Miggy hit, I think, uh, you know, it's a shutout for him. So he did a really good job. Um, I thought his fastball command was great Threw some four seamers. That looked really good. Um some curve balls. I mean, he just, he looked like the old Brax, the first half Brax, and it was a really good sign for him and for us uh, moving forward. A
3: couple more hits for Birdie tonight. Uh, you know, two on in the eighth, no outs. How fitting was it, especially with the way that he's been swinging the bat that it was Birdie that was going to the plate in that
4: moment? Yeah. Um, I was going back and forth on whether or not to bunt him there. It's really hard to bunt a guy throwing a hundred. Um, so I just, um, Kind of rolled the dice with a hot hitter, and he, um, he, he, he's just he's as good as anybody right now at the plate uh, on our team. And you know you, it's tough to bunt your your hottest hitter right now. And um, that guy Foley's really good. He's on the ground a lot at 100 miles an hour, so it was a really tough at bat for him for Yuli. Um, you know some really good at bats to make that happen. Um, Sanchez as well. So um, the kind of bunt swinging bunt hit. But Birdie's been, he's a baseball player. I mean, I keep saying it over and over again. You know, we put him anywhere, any situation. Um, he just helps you win baseball games, and he did it once again today.
5: Just that rally, all, just all together, especially since you guys gave up the lead, in the top half of the inning, to be able to respond right away?
4: Yeah, there's no such thing as an ugly win. So I think there's ugly losses, but I will take any win. There's a game close. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, the uh, it's hard to win in the major leagues. It just is. And um, once you think it's locked down, it's, something happens, right? And it's just really hard to win. And um, so I'm proud of the guys to come back against a really good back end bullpen. I think that's Foley's one of the better guys and uh, maybe their best guy, him and Lang. So I think, uh, you know, for them to come back, Yuli, big hit, um, sacrifice fly by, by Wendell, tough at bat. Um, so I, I'm just. Proud of the guys on how they responded because it looked like you were going to cruise to like a big win early on, right? Um, and you know they came back. Credit to Detroit, they came back, and um, but we punched back, and that's what a sign of a good team. We
3: heard the diagnosis for Tanner. Just how? Uh, what's the timeline, or hopefully day to day,
4: or what Yeah, we'll find out more tomorrow when um, you know how he feels when he wakes up. Um, it's not his knee initially. I thought that's what it was. So thank God that's not what it was. Um, you never want to hear knee, and uh, so that's really good. Um, but you know it's it's kind of in a weird spot in his calf. So hopefully it's it's okay. And he said he just w- didn't want to land hard on it on that one on the warm up pitch just to test it to really test it because he was nervous. Um. Once I, you know, heard that and saw that, it was you know time to get him out. But yeah. Um, so hopefully we dodged a bullet. But you don't know till tomorrow when he wakes up and and kind of feels it when he gets out of bed.
5: With how good Braxton was, and then you see what the Tigers do against the bullpen, Just what did you see from your guys overall and and specifically making the switch? I think tanner in with two outs and obviously jt had to come in or he had to make
4: the replacement with tanner but yeah bras is yeah, doing great um uh, we really like the green versus tanner matchup and you walked them you know we just can't walk guys i mean it's just we they know that um it's not saying anything they don't know that's that's a, a bad walk any walk late's not great unless you're intentionally walking somebody um, but I think the walks end up costing us. I thought JT was, um, you know, not on the attack and kind of spraying uh, the balls over the place. And then, you know, when big league hitters are up and they're in advantage counts, um, but not, not great things happen typically. So, um, you know, we got to get JT right. Uh, you know, I think he, he, when he's good, we, I mean, it's another really good right-handed weapon with real stuff, and we've seen him really good. Um, so we've got to get his confidence back up and get him right. and. um because we need him, you know, moving forward in the next couple of months. But um, I thought Braz was excellent. I just thought we could go Tanner, get Green out, go back out in the eighth, um, kind of lined us lined us up, you know, pretty pretty well. Um, Tanner got off the mound a little bit late, rushed over there, you know, bad sequence, and you know, kind of had to figure it out from there.
5: With JT, is it mentals and mechanics, combination of both?
4: I think when you're starting to spray stuff around, it becomes a little bit of combination, um, and you know, so hopefully we can get the confidence back up. Um And, you know, then, you know, hopefully the stuff can get back. But um, a, lot of, a lot of the stuff he, he does tinker with his mechanics a little bit, and um, um, that's just kind of who he is. He's a perfectionist. He wants to be great. Um, we want him to be great. Uh, he's got really good stuff. Uh, we just got to get him um, back because we're going gonna to need him in big spots just like that one today to get out of those uh, leverage type of endings moving forward.
3: After the slow start to the second half, this last two games for the offense, is this more of
4: what you hope or anticipate maybe? Yeah, last couple of games have been great. Um I felt like they played baseball. Joey Wendell getting him over. Soler in the first inning running the ball hard. Out, uh His ground ball the second, but he ran out the ball hard. Next pitch, home runs, two runs. Um, debating on whether to bunt Fortes, I think, in the third inning, uh, ended up being a double play. But that, that's, that's more of our brand of baseball, like getting him over, getting him in if we need a bunt at the right time um, to do it. Um, and I think the timely hitting is, is how you win big league games. And uh, and Birdie, Birdie did it for us. And, um, again, th- against Foley, who's a really good pitcher, that's a really good sign for us.
3: Skip, I know you said before the game sometimes you don't want days off because guys sometimes want to battle through some things. But, yeah. you know, I know Monday was travel day, but not to play that day not to play yesterday Mm -hmm. you feel like maybe it did kind of have a correlation of why you were able to come back late in the game when you got to find maybe that little extra bit of energy
4: yeah maybe um i definitely think it helps your bullpen you know rest um but you know when you're feeling good you want to keep going so uh it's kind of a catch-22 when you're feeling bad you'll take a day um so it's um it's just part of the part of the game we're in a 13 game stretch so hopefully they're Uh, in a row stretch so hopefully that that off days paid off and and they feel good about it our offense felt really good took good at bats their starter was good got had good stuff so um and i felt like it was a really good day for our offense Braxted really good our bullpens will get right and they'll be they'll be okay we just got to throw more strikes and i think we'll be okay
6: Piggybacking from what Jordan asked about the puck, is it mechanical or is it maybe fatigue
4: at this point? Or, or yeah, I don't you know? see fatigue in, in puck. I mean, he's had a few days off. We rarely go back-to-back back with him. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like uh, the other day through the eighth inning, it was a really good clean eighth inning. Um, threw him in today and um, he gave up a run but got the save. Um, so struck out you know had a couple strikeouts or at least one strikeout so I um, I don't the velos up the sliders characteristics are still there so I don't think it's it's being tired I think he has a couple you know outings in a row where he gets the job done I think he'll get on a roll it's just like you get a couple hits in a game and you feel good about yourself and you get on a roll it's the same thing when you're in the bullpen um, some of these guys just need to get, have a couple score lists and I think you'll see them back on track skip
2: um, Brian la Cruz has been squaring out balls lately. The whole season, and finally, Brian Squaring up uh, throughout the whole season. Finally, those are catching either defenses or dropping. Can you talk a little bit about the work he's put in? Uh, I know he's it's been a little frustrating. You know, squaring up uh, blind drives and ha- having them caught.
4: Well, uh, yeah, DeLa. Yeah, I mean, he's had uh, a couple. He's been really good the whole year. He had a couple uh, weeks, you know, during the season, which everyone's going to have that. Um, Um, he gotten a little bit of a funk, but, um, credit to him that he stuck with his plan and his work and the process. And, um, he's a really young hitter still. So, um, he's still figuring out the league. The league is still figuring out him, but he's making adjustments to the league, um, when they're abusing him in one area. And then he gets to that spot and he works to try to combat what the league is trying to do to, to him. Um, and he put together some really good at bats against a tough righty today, um, I do feel like, you know, Mayrie and, and Brownie have done a really good job of game planning with him and helping um, him understand each pitcher that comes in. And, yeah, I think hard work equals good luck, and he, you know, he's finally getting some good luck. All right, Braxton Garrett bounced back in a big way, pitched six innings, gave up
1: five hits, one run, six punch outs. Let's hear what Braxton had to say after a start.
3: Braxton, your last start, I know you felt like it was command, but Skip pointed out that blister and, and how tough it is to not maybe have all of your pitches. Just tonight, how much did health Factor into the way you were able to execute.
6: Yeah, I guess it did a little bit, and you know, had a couple of days off in between, a couple of extra days, maybe had a little bit more juice. But yeah, sinker was really good tonight, got me out of some jams.
5: Um, but yeah, finger being good is nice for sure. Uh, we talked about, I and mean, you mentioned when with that the the finger it, it impact the cutter, how did the cutter feel tonight? No, only threw it about ten times or so, but how did it feel?
6: Uh it felt all right. I didn't like it a ton. Um, I ditched it after, like, the third inning and started throwing my four-seam again and had some success with it. It's just kind of one of those things, like, I've been trying to talk to Mel to kind of figure out, you know, pregame or even maybe mid-game, if that cutter is there. and Maybe not even just the cutter, but any pitch, but specifically the cutter. And I just didn't have the confidence in it to keep it up,
5: so I just went to the four-seam. You mentioned having a couple extra days. How is your – in between start routine change, when you do have a couple extra days, what do you do? You do anything differently, or how do you try to do what you have to do? Uh,
6: I mean, I get I think it's just having the extra couple of days of rest. I mean, if the if the off day is on my bullpen day, I'll just push the, the bullpen a day back. Um, but usually, I like to throw my bullpen on that regular day that I do, and then get that extra rest after the bullpen. Um, yeah you know just try and rest my body on those off days especially yesterday obviously
3: how's this for you right now like in the middle of like a playoff chase the team just acquired a couple you know the buyers just what's your mentality taking them out these days
6: yeah I mean obviously been struggling a little bit today was a good bounce back um you know I just want to continue to do that and as I did earlier in the year just give my team a chance to win you know we're as you said we're in a race here uh um first time I've ever been in a race of you know any sport professionally. So it's really exciting. Um, gets the juices flowing a little bit more, um, maybe puts a little bit more pressure, but I feel like I pitch a little bit better when I'm more nervous, weirdly. How
4: weird was to get booed when you hit <laughs> the first inning I'm sorry? How weird was to get booed in the first inning after
6: you hit me? <laughs> yeah, I'm so, just so tired of hitting dudes in the back foot in general, not even just Miggy. Obviously I don't want to hit him, I want to get him out. Um, I've never faced him. Guy's an absolute legend. I'm a huge fan of his. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure me and my dad will have a conversation about that afterwards. <laughs> just on that line, how cool was to
5: um, face him? I'm sure you watch him growing up and now to be able to face him in final, his final season.
6: Yeah, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. You know, it's, again, to mention my dad, it's just something I, I talk to him about, you know, after games and, you know, I'm early in my career, so it's kind of the first time facing all these big time dudes a lot for uh, a lot of the cases so yeah it'll be fun to talk about fun to you know maybe tell my kids one day.
2: (laughs) Brax your below was up on almost all your pitches do you think that kind of helped you
5: out
6: tonight in your start? Yeah maybe um I've been kind of I've been trying to get my arm out a little bit earlier I feel like when I when I struggle my my hands kind of stick as I go down the mound and getting that arm out um having it up you know above my shoulder at foot strike I think is huge just creates more Downward playing, I've been really trying to do that. You mentioned you're tired of hitting people in the back foot. You know, how does that affect you not wanting to maybe throw that sliver slider so often, or does, does it not affect you at all? Yeah, it's a thought sometimes. Um, you know, me and Nick jokes with me about it, but it's not a terrible miss. You know, I, I, I'm not mad at the miss there. It's just mad that I hit them. And a lot of the times earlier in the year, I'd get chases on pitches like that, and I just haven't quite landed that slider for a strike enough to get chases.
1: All right, we got a busy Saturday afternoon. Kyle and I will be at the Biscayne Bay Brew Hall at 3 o'clock on the inside corner. Luis Soho will join us. We also have Marlins on deck at 3.40, and of course, a 410 first pitch as we continue our set with the Detroit Tigers. Johnny Cueto will man the mound for the Marlins. It's a 410 first pitch. As always, we hope you can join us on the Marlins Radio Network driven by Autonation. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.